Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. But I, I know on TV, things are not real. Like, things are not really what they appear to be because when they handed me my son Judah, like, they didn't take him back. Like, that was it. Like, they didn't say, okay, we're going to get him cleaned up. We're going to go. No, like, he, he, they never took him back. So I was really confused with that because, like, oh, when I saw on TV that the moms would be resting and, like, oh, I just gave labor. You know, well, let's go over and see the baby in the nursery. And they'd walk over in their robe and they'd look through the glass and say, hi, baby. Hi. All right. All right. Go ahead. Take a nap. Okay. But it did not happen that way. Like, they handed me the baby. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for my nap. And they're like, Okay. Like, they did not take the baby back. So I'm like, something's wrong here. Like, I don't, they didn't ask me my qualifications. They didn't ask me, hey, by the way, do you know what you're doing first? Like, if I was them, if I was them, like, I would have been holding the baby and I'd be like, hey, do you know what you're doing? Like, do you know what to do with this baby? Like, no one asked me that because I didn't even know how to put the diaper on the baby. I, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. No one asked me the babysit. I don't know what happened. No one did. So, like, that Judah was my first baby experience. I was like, whoa, oh, okay. Like, why does the diaper keep coming off? What's happening? Why is the pee outside the diaper? What's going on? Oh, it's upside down. Okay. Like, I had to figure it all out. And I was like, why aren't the doctors concerned that I don't know what I'm doing? I need some help in here in room 215. Come take this baby. I want a nap. So it is not what it appears on TV. Like, they give you the baby, and you cannot put the baby back. Like, once it's out, it's out. Like, it doesn't go back. And, you know, I really think that Mother's Day, it's not a coincidence that Mother's Day aligns the same with, like, teacher appreciation, uh, nurses appreciation week, uh, police officer, national police officer week. I believe it's not a coincidence that all of those celebrations and people are being honored around that same time because those, if you really think about it, those are a group of really selfless people that really put themselves, you know, put others above themselves. Um, uh, one of the things uh, I realize about moms is they remind me of teachers and police officers <laughs> and nurses. I mean, like, literally, like, you can, you, they kind of do some of the same stuff. Like, they police you. They cite you, be like, wait, how many times did I tell you that? Did I, did I, did I, wait, I already gave you a warning. Didn't I tell you not to do that? All right, you got it coming. I'm just saying, you're going down. Um, you know, teachers, they teach us. You know, they, like, tell us stuff. Heaven's in this stage, my 8-year-old, she's in a stage of questions. Like, she has questions about everything. She's like, who made God? Like, who, how did he get there? Like, who put him in charge? Like, how did this happen? Like, tell me the story of how God came. Like, she has all these whys, all these questions she wants to know. And I'm, you know, she wants to know, like, where did the baby come from? Like, before the baby was, and it's like, oh, so I'm trying, you know, my best to teach, oh, all these things. And, like, have, find the right words to communicate. Because I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie. But I, honestly, I do want to lie. I want to, like, I want to, like, lie and give it, like, four more years. And then I say, you know, by the way, I lied to you four years ago. <laughs> This is where babies come from. I'm, re I'm ready to tell the truth now. Um, but, and then nurses, you know, like, they're like, Mom, oh, my gosh, Mom, look, I hurt myself up. And you're like, sit still. Let me see it, you know. And they're like, no, ah, you know. And they're like, sit still. 
So one of the things I feel that is common in all of those things is just moms, just like all of those other people, have really difficult clients. They have really difficult patients. It's like, sit still and let me heal you. You know, that's the, the, the thoughts of the nurse, sit still. If you want me to help you, if you want me to heal you, you got to sit still and let me do that. Teachers, sit still and let me teach you. You know, my daughter, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with her because she can't sit still for nothing. She, like, she, she'll ask these questions, and I'm going in because I'm, like, praying. I'm like, okay, help me, Jesus, explain this. Okay, so the baby, okay, the mom and the dad, and she's like, <laughs> like, she's moved on. She's completely moved on. So it's like, oh, okay, so we're not doing that. Okay, we're not doing that. So it's like teachers, it's like, sit still and let me teach you. Most of the time, it's like they're just trying to get the kid to sit still. When I go and volunteer in my kids' class, like majority of the time, they're like, David, Jonathan, Jacob, get, sit, sit still and let me teach you. And the parents are trying to figure out, why don't my kid know two plus two? Like, what's going on? I would love to tell you. <laughs> get them to sit still and I can teach them some stuff. Um, you know, and police officers, submit. Put, put your hand, drop it, drop it. I mean, these are all things that moms have said. So like in all of these selfless people that are being honored around this time, moms know all of these jobs very well. Amen? There's nothing like a mom. First of all, I just want to give honor to my husband. I just want to thank you for this opportunity today. I just want to honor you for who you are. Um, I thank you for creating this monster in me, you know. But um, I stand on your shoulders today, and I, I, I preach this message because of who you are, and I, I want to honor you for that before I forget. So you are an amazing, sexy, fine man. Just saying. Van Diesel ain't got nothing on you, baby. I'm just saying. Like, he ain't got. Okay, back to my message. Okay, so let's turn our Bibles to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. We're talking about moms today, um, but I, I want to do a couple of parables and comparisons and stuff like that. Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. Before I get in that, into that, one of those things that are difficult uh, that doctors have is, like, to get their patient to sit still. I'm trying to follow my notes. One of the things that I like to do when I have the microphone, because my husband does it all the time when he's preaching and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him like, you better not tell that story. And he tells it anyway. So this is my turn <laughs> to say stuff about him. So one of the things I want to tell you is that he is an awful patient. Like, he is the most terrible patient ever, okay? Because he worked in the medical field. He was not a doctor. He worked in the medical field. Like, he was not a doctor, though, but he feels like he was. So every time we go to the hospital, I don't care if it's Judah, if it's heaven, I don't care who's sick, don't invite John to come to talk to your doctor because he will take over. He'll be like, What's the BPM? What's the creatinine? What's the, what's the dilation of the O2? Of the, did you run the 5466 test? Well, you need to do that first. How about you go do that? Come back, talk to us. And the, the doctors and the nurses, they're like, uh, sir, are you a doctor? He's like, like, wouldn't you like to know? And he kind of leaves it floating out there, right? He kind of leaves it out there. And they're like, I think you're a doctor. He's like, we don't know, do we? <laughs> so what the people do is they leave the room and they go tell everybody, we got a doctor 
uh, the family members are doctored in room 320. So I'm just letting you guys know. We got to run the Kratin. We got to run the old two dilated five, four, five, six test thing. Let's do that because he's asking questions that he's not supposed to know. He's a doctor. So one of the reasons that he's a difficult patient is because the doctor will say, okay, how about, you know, we, we want to run this test, sir. This is what we think is going on. He's like, nope, that ain't it. What you needed to do was, see, what you missed there, you see what this level is here? That's high. You should have started there. You've done this all wrong. So the doctors are like, uh, so they, they can't treat him. They can't help him because he knows what he thinks. He, he's not a doctor, but he knows what he thinks he knows. And so he's, he's giving them the hand like, boop, you better run that test, come back, then we can talk. Like, He's grading them and telling them they're, they flunked like before they even start. So he is the most terrible patient ever. He was a radiology tech. He was not a doctor. Like, he should calm down. But, but for some reason, family members, my family members, my dad, everybody's like, well, I got this tingling in my right toe. He's like, stand up. Let me see. Let me see your shoulders. Turn around. All right, bend over. Put your head to the side like that. Yeah, you got, yeah, I know. I know what that is. All right. <laughs> And he's telling them what they got. So they go to the doctor and be like, yeah, I believe I got <laughs> corrosives of the <laughs> dilated fracture. What makes you think that, sir? Well, my, <laughs> my son-in-law, he's not a doctor. Wait, what is he? He's not a doctor. Like, why are you listening to him? People call all the time. They're telling him his symptoms over the phone. He's like, hold on, Kaya, shh, quiet. All right, all right. Well, what about your left leg? What's your left leg look like? Is there swelling? Feel it. Feel it. Is there a pulse? <laughs> so because he thinks he knows what he thinks he knows, what he doesn't know. <laughs> He's not a doctor. Uh, because he knows what he thinks he knows, he is a terrible patient. And most of the time, I'm looking at him, and I know the nurses and doctors are saying, sit still and let me heal you. But most of the time, the reason why moms and teachers and police officers and who else did we mention, um, teachers, nurses, most of the time, why some of their patients and moms, why some of their patients and their clients are so difficult is because they think they know what they know. But they don't know. They don't know that the people that are in charge of helping you, they actually know. And they have all had that in common of having difficult patients and different difficult clients. Have I got any amens from moms? Amen. Revelation chapter three, 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. Why is God standing at the door? Anybody realize or kind of thought about, like, what is he waiting for? He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He didn't say, behold, I go through the door, I come in, I dine with you, I sup with you. No, he didn't say he walks through the door. It says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Hmm, what's he waiting for? He's waiting for the door to be opened. He's waiting for the door to be opened. The door represents our hearts. Um, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. And if anyone hears my voice and let me in, I'll come in. I'll come into your heart. I'll sit with you. I'll dine with you. I'll talk with you. I'll help you. The key to unlocking the door and a lot of the reasons why we don't open the door 
is because we don't have the key. And the key to opening the door, opening the door of our hearts, is honor. Honor. Honor is the key that opens the door of our heart to allow us to let God in, to let people in, to let them come in, and allow us to sit still and let him heal us. Sit still and let him teach us. Sit still and let him help us. Amen. So the title of today's message is The Key of Honor. We're talking about honor this morning, the key of honor. I've never known how important honor is. I never known like how drastically important honor was until my mom was promoted onto heaven. Honor is so very important in our lives. It's important not just for the person that we're honoring, but it's for the person that's doing the honoring. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice that that scripture is not talking about the one being honored. It's talking about the one to give honor. It's saying honor them that your days may be long, that you may be able to take the land that the Lord thy God is giving you, which means honor has more to do with the person that's supposed to give it than it is for the person that is to receive the honor. So today we're talking about the key of honor and the reason why a lot of us are not where we want to be, we're not who we're supposed to be, and we're not doing what we're supposed to do because we've lacked or we have disregarded the key of honor. Honor is a commandment from the Lord for our sustainability. Notice in the scripture it says that the days may be long, that your days may be long upon the land. Honor assures us of our sustainability. Do you guys remember the children of Israel? They had this vision of the promised land. And literally, like, they were overcome with the vision, the thought of being in the promised land. Like, being able to be free to plant and raise their family and build houses. Like, oh, the thought and the vision of freedom is just so beautiful. And that's what they had in them. And that's what, what drove them to say, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to leave Egypt. We're going to venture on to the promised land. But how many know that honor is so very important to, for the development of our character? A lot of times when we fail to honor other people, we fail to allow our character to be developed, to not just take hold of the vision, but sustainability in the vision. A lot of times we think of the promise, the vision, the arrival, the destination, but we don't think of the journey, getting there, and what we need to be equipped in order to, to stay there. Proverbs 29 and 18 says this, where there is no re revelation, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Honor ushers in vision in our lives. Now listen, vision is breathed by God. Like vision comes from God. Like no one can give you vision the way God can give you vision. Like I don't know if you've ever like had a dream or have like this inkling, like this, this something in you that came and just settled in your heart and you literally saw yourself there 
at the finish. Like you saw yourself experiencing the vision. You saw your children um, benefiting from the vision. Like you saw yourself there. You saw the finished product. That's a vision. That's a vision, and that comes from God. But the thing is that what ushers in vision into our life is honor. Because it's not just about arriving at the vision, but it's more about how are you going to start and how are you going to get there? God doesn't always tell you that part. You know why? Because it involves other people to come and walk alongside you. There's other people that's supposed to be a part of your journey of getting and obtaining the vision. God shows you the finish, but he doesn't show you how important it is. The journey is very important. One, one of the things that we realized with uh, the children of Israel, dude, there was giants in the land. Like, there was some giants in there. And if they didn't have what they needed to have, which came through the journey, which came through the equipping of the journey, they would have turned around and just ran away because, dude, we got nothing. But how many know that the hardness of the wilderness can prepare you for some stuff? I don't know about you, but, like, single moms, dude, I, like, I take my hats off to them. I, I honor them. I honor them. Because there's a hardness that happens when you got to do what you got to do. When you're not waiting for someone to come and hold your hand and make it happen for you and your kids, like, you do it. And that's the kind of heart that's developed in the wilderness, that when they reach that part, that, that vision, because there's dreams and there's passions and there's a vision that God has given single, single mothers, but it's, it's almost like it's not just about arriving at that place, but there's a strengthening that happens when they do what they got to do to get to that, to that place, to that, um, to that dream and to that vision. I know single moms like Rakesha, and, and they, they, they get their degree, and there's it's, it's huge, huge accomplishments because they know how hard the journey was. They know she knew what she had to do in with just it just being her and her son, like not having to rely on anybody, going to school at night, taking care of her her, her kid in the, in the in the day, and working. Like it was a lot. So sometimes it's overwhelming. Like when you get to that vision, when you make that accomplishment, it's like you have all these tears because you look back at the journey, and the journey was hard. But you're like, I did that, and there's a strengthening that comes in that. Honor ushers in vision. Vision is, is breathed by God, but it is administered by people. Okay, when we go to the hospital and we know we need medicine, oh, yay, thank God for the medicine, but guess what? It's administered to us through the nurses or through the doctors. There's people that's going to give us and help us receive what we need to receive in order to obtain the vision. One of the problems that we have about being able to honor one another, and one of the reasons I'll tell you why it's so hard for us to honor one another is because of our fallen nature. It's because of sin. A lot of times we're so, I mean, well, all of us, we're all born into sin, but our fallen nature, we consult our fallen nature before we decide if we're going to honor someone or not. Like, we ask ourselves, should I honor them? Are they worthy of honor? No. Because you know what? I didn't like the way they said this, or I didn't like the way they did this. I'm not going to honor my mom because she took my phone away. And I'm not going to honor my husband because he's on my last nerve. And I'm not going to honor my pastor because, you know what? He didn't even call my name when he was thanking people. I'm not going to honor them. We consult our fallen nature so much and so many of the time, and we close the door 
to us receiving what we're supposed to receive. Our fallen nature has us all over the place with, I'm offended about this. Well, this happened, and I didn't like that. Well, they left me out. Well, la, 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 la. Sit still and let me heal you. Sit still and let me teach you. Sit still and let me help you. We don't consult our fallen nature before we decide we want to honor someone. Why? Because it's not about them that we're being honored, that's being honored. Honestly, it's about us, that, that my days may be well, that it may be well for me, that I may be blessed, that I can keep the door open to receive from my husband, to receive from my pastors, to receive from my teachers what I need to receive. Therefore, I'm going to make sure that I hold on to this key called honor and keep the door open so that I can receive what I need to receive for my life. Amen. You guys still with me? The flesh is always fighting us working and moving in the spiritual realm. Our, the, the flesh is contrary to the spirit. Like everybody knows that. If you don't know that, come to Bible study. Everything in our flesh fights against us living with a kingdom and a mind set for heaven. Everything in our flesh is saying, no, let's go the other way. It's fun. Everyone's high there. Like no one's even thinking about their bills. Everything in us is saying, I don't want to honor people. I don't want to love people. I don't want to serve people. I don't want to forgive people. Let's go the other way. So the, your, our fallen nature says, take that key and throw it. Keep the door shut. One of the things that I have always had a hard time with because I was an only child, dude, I feel like people that have siblings, it's so fascinating to me. Like, it's kind of creepy. Like, I literally love to see, like, sisters talk to sisters and brothers talk to brothers. Like, I can, like, just sit there and be like, that's so cool. Like, I think it is so cool. I know, it's, I know it seems creepy, but, like, I've always longed for that. And just the way that they talk to each other, like, like, they know everything about each other. They can talk about stuff. They can make jokes. They can get on each other's nerves. They can be like, shut up. I will fight you. I will beat you up. But then, like, they'll love each other the next second. I'm like, that is so cool. Like, I love watching that. I know. And, and every time I say, oh, I so wish I always wanted a brother. I always want a sister. They'd be like, no, you don't. No, you don't. They are so irritating. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, they used to fart on me or whatever. But I think it's so cool because... They know everything about each other, but yet they still learn how to love each other. And that's what God wants us to learn, all of us to learn. Like, even though this person kind of gets on your nerves, there's kind of things that you don't like about them, but learn to love them. Learn to honor them because they're in your life for a reason, and you need them. Whether you want to admit it or not, you need them. Not just for where you are today, but for where you're going they are there to administer vision in your life. Amen? All right, let's, talk, let's turn to uh, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. We're going to read Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Now, this is the story about Jesus going home. Okay, I know it sounds good, especially like, you know, people are like, I'm going home for Christmas, you know. I'm going home for Thanksgiving, and, you know, it sounds happy, but a lot of times it's like, oh, Lord, I'm going home. Okay, let's read this. Okay, this, Jesus went home. Then he went out from there, talking about Jesus, and came to his own country. He went home, y'all. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hand? 
in this not the carp um, in this is this not the carpenter the son of Mary and brother of James Joseph Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us so they were offended at him but Jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Jesus went home, y'all. Sometimes things like this happen when we go home. Like, we could be out doing so many things, and we're thinking in our heart, man, mom and dad's going to be so proud of me. My family's going to be so proud of me. Like, I accomplished all this. Look at all this I've done, man, by myself as a single mom, or I've done this by myself without any financial help from them. Like, I've done this by myself. Surely they're going to be proud of me. But what happens? As soon as you walk through the door on Thanksgiving, I'm like, ah, they got that dirt bag. Dude, you owe me $5. You ain't nothing. Don't be acting like you all up, all, all that up in here. You still ain't nothing. I will still beat you down. Like, that's the kind of stuff that happens. That's the kind of things that's, that we're met with when we go home. Because people, not because of who you are, but because of who they have perceived you to be. Sometimes when people are so familiar with you and they feel like they have a grasp on who you are and what you're all about, there's no changing their mind about that. They're like, dude, you are a dirt bag. I don't care what you do, how many messages you preach. I don't care if you can sing like Celine Dion. She sings pretty awesome. I like her. But I don't care if you can sing like Celine Dion. You're a dirt bag. You're still a dirt bag. Don't be coming up here acting like you're all that. One of the things that they asked themselves, where did he learn this stuff? Is this not the same dude we were playing yarn balls with? Like, I don't know what they played. They threw yarn? I don't know. I, I really am not sure. I didn't do my research on that part. Not sure what kind of toys or whatever they made. You know. Isn't it the same guy we threw yarn ball with? Like, his sister did my hair last week. Like, who does he think he is? I'm offended that he comes in here acting like he's all righteous, all that, all anointed, all called. Dude, you owe me $5. Where's my $5? And that's what Jesus was met with when he went home. And sometimes that's what happens to us. And what happened? We become and we resort back to the 10-year-old. It doesn't matter what we've accomplished in our life. It doesn't matter what we have overcome. It doesn't matter what we have uh, been uh, deemed victorious over in our lives. When we go home, sometimes people see us the way they want to see us. And that's a very important statement. They see us the way that they want to see us. Can you imagine that it, how that would have uh, affected all of us if Jesus would have been affected by the way they saw him? Can you imagine that if he would have left that town and said, you know what, forget it, guys. Everything's off. Because you know what? I'm not. They're right. They're right. I'm not. I'm not all that. I'm not called. I'm not righteous. I'm not anointed. I'm not. I'm not. Like, what, what would have happened if he would have believed what they saw? What would have happened if he would have saw him, himself in the mirror of their eyes? What would have happened to all of us? It is dangerous to have a lack of honor for people because of the way you have decided to see them. 
it's dangerous, not just for yourselves, but for other people that they're called to, to affect a nation, to affect our culture, to affect our community. When you decide, because of your fallen nature, decided to tell you they are not worthy of my honor. You could change someone's life drastically if they decide to see themselves in the mirror of your eyes. There were people that when he left that town that needed healing, they still needed healing. There were people in that town that needed to be restored, needed hope, needed faith, and they, he left it and they were still the same. Jesus was not broken. Jesus did not need a healing. Jesus did not need to be fixed. Jesus was not uh, wrong about everything. It did not affect Jesus negatively. It affected them. Why? Because they left him standing at the door, knocking. And I'm sure when it said he marveled, the Bible says he marveled because of their unbelief. He was thinking to himself, sit still. Let me heal you. Sit still and let me teach you. Sit still and let me help you. But because they did not have the key, which is honor, they kept the door shut. And they did not receive what they needed to receive from him. A lack of honor is really dangerous. This is a very important key. We don't suffer because of a lack of leadership. We don't suffer because of a lack of mentors. We don't suffer because of a lack of teachers. We don't suffer because of a lack of opportunities, because somebody didn't call on us. We suffer from a lack of honor. There are things that have not and has yet to happen in our life because we have yet to honor the people that God has ushered in our life to administer vision for us. There are people in our lives that are supposed to unlock some things in us. God did not design us to be so self-sufficient, so whole, so holy, so not needing anybody else. He didn't design us that way. He didn't design our church that way. He designed a church that is able to give one to another, to build one, to challenge one, to, 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 to um, correct, to teach, to encourage. He designed us for one another. But if we don't have honor, what do we do? We shut doors on each other all the time. One of the things I was really good at being the only child, and this was a gift that I kind of came up with because I was the only child. One thing that's really good. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if I ever talk to them again. I don't care. I don't care if I never see them again. I don't care. Why? Because I'm by myself. I don't care. Nikia will tell you, like, we had no friends in high school. It was just her and me. We had no friends. Why? Because we're like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And we wanted to have a sweet 16 party, so we were like, okay, so who are we going to invite? I was like, okay, so I'm going to invite you. And she was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you. Okay. You and, ooh, dude, we don't have any friends. Why? Because we were like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't need them. I don't care. I'm used to be by my, by, being by myself. I don't care. I could care less. I don't care. So what happened? I don't care. Shut the door on friends. I don't care. Shut the door on teachers. I don't care. Shut the door on our parents. We don't need them. I don't care. 
I got this. I don't care. I can be with myself. I don't care. How many of us have said, I don't care? Yeah. Whoever we take the time to listen to is who we receive from. Whoever we receive from is who we honor. And it doesn't have to be spoken. It doesn't have to be said, but you can see it. How many have teenagers? Oh, help us, Lord. Teenagers that listen to certain music, they watch certain shows. Y'all need to be careful about, careful about Disney. Disney is twisted. Like, dude, we need to, like, do an outreach on Disney. They're listening to things, they're watching things, and they're receiving, and they're honoring who they're receiving from. It doesn't have to be said, but you can see, like, they change the way they dress. They're saying these little things. Like, where did they get that statement from? It's because they're showing honor from who they're receiving from. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And only honor is going to open up the door to be able to receive from who we need to receive from. Remember when he went home? It took discernment for them to realize this is who I need to be following. This is who I need to be listening to. This is who I need to sit still and let him heal me. I need to sit still and let him teach me. I need to sit still and let him help me, but it takes discernment. Some of us have a lack of discernment. There's nothing worse than a Christian that lacks discernment. Like, it is like one of the most terrible things. It's like I would rather be something else than a Christian that lacked discernment. A Christian that literally, like, they do stuff and they're like, why did that happen? Because you lack discernment. Why would you sit and listen to, look at their life. Dude, they're 400 pounds, but you're sitting there telling, letting them tell you what to, what to eat and how to, how to work out. Dude, this person's been divorced three times, and you're going to sit there and call them on the phone and tell them about how your husband's on their nerves? You lack discernment. A Christian needs discernment on who you need to be listening to, who you need to be sitting under, and who you need to be honoring. Jesus was amazed how they failed to get past who they thought they knew he was. We can have our minds made up about people. Remember that time that Jesus asked Peter, he said, who do you say that I am? Do you remember when he answered? He answered with what other people said. Do you remember that? He said, well, some say that you're, and some say that some, and Jesus said, okay, let me try this again. Who do you say that I am? There's people in your life that you will gauge whether they deserve your honor or not based on what other people say about them. But what does your discernment tell you? Should you be listening to them? Should you be following them? Should you be sitting still and let them heal you? Should you be sitting still and letting them teach you some things? Should you be sitting still and letting them help you? Or are you gauging whether they deserve your honor based on your fallen nature, based on other people, what other people have said about them? So Jesus asked Peter again, who do you say that I am? And the second time, he got it right. He says, you are the Lord. You are the Christ. And when he said the, and when he said the right answer, he says, upon this truth, I will build my church. What was it? Honor. When you see me for who I really am, I will build my church upon that truth. If you have a twisted, jacked-up view of who you think that I am, of who you think that you perceive me to be, on who you think that I am based on what other people have said, that is what you will get when you build your house on sinking sand. 
it won't last. He says, but when you see me for who I really am, I will build my church on that. And you know what his church is built on? An atmosphere and a culture of honor. We have to honor one another. There's people with gifts and talents and anointings and callings that it's going to change and affect my life. But if I don't honor you, I will never be able to receive from you the way I need to receive from you. Just because someone's not standing up on this platform does not mean that they don't deserve and, and, and des yeah, deserve your honor. You've got to have some discernment, Christians, on who you need to be honoring and who you need to be listening to. I'm going to get ready to close. How many times have we shut the door? How many times have we, have we refused to open the door of our heart? Because our fallen nature says, don't honor them. Honor yourself. In fact, they need to be honoring me. You know what I did? They didn't even say anything about that. They need to be honoring me. How about I honor them after they honor me? Fallen nature. Fallen nature. Jesus didn't lack when he left his hometown. He was still whole. He was still holy. He was still full of power, and he still had a great and perfect vision. But Jesus knew that before his vision of being on that cross and saying, it is finished, there were some things he needed to do along the way. There were some people he needed to walk alongside with. There were some people, like some 12 guys, that he wanted to pour into. The thing is that what I want you to know is that people, out of all the things that God has promised in his word, and he's promised a lot of things. Like, we can do a study on all the promises of God because it's a lot. God promises a lot. Like, if you want to live a full and amazing life, study the promises of God because then your heart will be full of expectation for all these things that God promised. But let me tell you one of the things, one of the things that God will never promise you, people. People are a privilege. They're not a promise. God says, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth, but not people. People come, people go. People won't always be with you. People won't always hold your hand. People won't always walk alongside of you, so you got to enjoy them and, and recognize the privilege of them being by your side while they're there. Because guess what? They're not a promise. I tell this story all the time. That every day I tell my friends, okay, we're going to go in the house. This is about to get weird. Every day, my mom stands up and she claps. And she says, Kaya's home. Honey bun, honey bun. Vern, Kaya's home. Look at her, Vern. Look at her, Vern. Kaya's home. Hey, Kaya. Look at her. Every day. And every day, she would do it. So I'd walk in. Kaya's home. Look, Vern. Look at her, Vern. Look at her. Kaya's home. There she go. Hey, girl. Hey, Missy. And I'd be like, hi, Mom. Oh, stop doing that. But, you know, she was honoring me. I mean, she had seven miscarriages, guys. But she kept believing God for a baby. And God gave her a little baby girl named Kaya. And so every day she would stand and she would honor her gift of God. She'd say, Kaya's home. Look at her, honey bun. Look at her burn. Kaya's home. Hey, Missy. Hey, girl. And you know, if I was smart, yeah. 
You know, if I was smart, I would have clapped. Since I am home, Mom, I am, and I love you, and you're great. But I wasn't. I was irritated. Why? Because she was always there. She was always there to cheer for me. She was always there to root me on. She was always there to build my confidence, to tell me how great I was. But I didn't realize that people are a privilege. They're not a promise. They won't always walk alongside of you. You won't always have the people around you that you want. But that doesn't mean that the vision is not still attainable. Some people are called into your life for a season. So honor them. Honor them. Because you don't know when that season's up. We don't have any control of saying how long someone's going to walk alongside of us. We don't have that. But we have today. So honor them. I can go on and on about how my biological dad wasn't nothing. Dude, he wasn't there. But I could say, I'm here. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to honor him for that. He ain't here today. That's okay. I am. Thanks, dude. I honor you for that. Yeah. Sometimes we get so caught up on what someone's not doing for us or what someone's not to us that we forsake what they was. And the season we did have them, the time that they were there, well, it helped shape me. It helped make me who I am today. Sometimes we get so caught up on where we want to be. By the time I'm 30, I want to be here. By the time I'm, I'm this, I want to do this. I want to, I, by this time I got goals, you know, I want to do this. But how about who are you supposed to be? The being is more than the doing, and the being comes only through honoring people. You can only be who you're supposed to be by honoring the people God has put in your life to administer vision to you. Stop allowing your fallen nature to forsake honoring the people you're supposed to honor. There's people that seen things in you that no one else saw. There's, there's people that believed in you the way no one else believed in you. There were people that fought for you in a way that no one else would fought, fight for you. There were people that believed in you and stuck by your side that no one else would do that. Honor them for that. Don't allow your fallen nature to forsake that. Keep the door open so that you can be who you're supposed to be. So when you get to where you're supposed to get, that you are who you're supposed to be when you get there. You can't skip one step for the other. When I honor my husband as king, priest, and prophet, I get a king who rules righteously, who makes great proclamations over his kingdom. When I honor him as priest, I get a man that makes sacrifices for his family, that proclaims the word of God. When I honor him as prophet, I get the word of life spoken over me as he prophesies life over me. When I honor him as that, when I honor him as king, priest, and prophet, I benefit. I'm blessed. I'm the one that's helped because I honored him. When my kids honor me as mom, I nurture them. I look for opportunities to pour into them wisdom and experience and my mistakes and times where I failed. And I'm like, don't go that way. I fell on my face. Go this way. When they honor me as mom, I look for opportunities to do that. But sometimes we got to be reminded to sit still and let them heal you. 
Sit still and let them teach you. Sit still and let them help you. Because where they've been, you're going to need it for where you're going. So sit still and listen and keep the key of honor so that you can keep the door open. In Jesus' hometown, it took discernment for people to recognize, yeah, this is the one. This is the one I should be listening to. This is the one that I should be following. I want to read a text message to you. But before I do, do you guys remember when Jesus went to the wilderness? He was fasting for 40 days. And the Bible says that afterwards, it wasn't during, but it was afterwards. The Bible says that he hungered because he was at the end of something. And honestly, I think he should have been celebrated. Dude, he fasted for 40 days. Dude, we do the Daniel fast for 21, and I'm like, help me. (laughs) And I'm still eating food. Like, he fasted everything for 40 days. That's victorious within itself. I'm like, dude, you did it. But it says afterward, he hungered. And then that's when the enemy came and tempted him. Sometimes we can do amazing things in our life. We can have great victories. But it's almost it's like, it's like when we come down from the hill of victory, there's something waiting for us called temptation. And that's what happened to Jesus. He had this mountaintop experience of fasting for 40 days, and it was awesome. And then afterward, he was weak, and he was hungry, and that's when the enemy came. The Bible says that then the, after he he um, withstood the temptation. The Bible says, then the angels came and ministered to him. That sticks out to me because Jesus is pretty much perfect. But yet he still allowed the angels to come and minister to him. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Like, what would they say to him that he hadn't already heard? What would they do to him for him that he couldn't do for himself? He's God. But yet he's still sad and The Bible said the angels ministered to him. What a beautiful picture of honor. It's not that somebody has to tell you something that you don't already know. It's not that somebody has to give you something that you can't give yourself, but allow them to honor you, and you honor them by letting them do what God has told them to do. I want to read this this text message to you. It says, hey, pastor, I wanted to share with you that I have never been this connected to God's body. I've encountered this love, but I wasn't servicing under a pastor. I had no leadership and followed no one. Eventually, my own will and way led me back to my old ways. The mission of the building has shown true in my life, and I am so grateful to say that I have a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. Small groups are a big deal, and not getting connected would have been my own fault. Thank you for your obedience to God. I may not be married or possibly not married for long if I didn't have a body of believers to keep me accountable and advise me in times of need. I love you, Pastor, and your job is hecka cool. Thank you for being a strong leader and such a great example of what it is to be a husband, a father, a brother, an uncle, and ultimately a follower of Christ. God bless you, Pastor. That was beautiful. I wanted to read that to you because this text message was sent after Pastor John had a really great service. Like, it was a great service. He preached a good word. Dude, we were like, dude, that was fire. Fire. Dude, fire. 
Every once in a while, I'll look at him and be like, mm, don't ask me how it went because I don't know how to put it. But this time I was like, fire, bomb. And he came down off the mountain and he got home and he hit a wall. Because it happens sometimes. And, some, and if you don't preach, like if you are not a communicator of the gospel, like you don't understand this. Like you get these lows that come from from preaching, it's, it's, it's really hard. And sometimes depression sits in, and that's how pastors, sometimes pastors get depressed, they, they commit suicide. Like, it's serious, guys. So what happens is you, you communicate the gospel, and you have this amazing time, and people are healed, people are touched, people are set free, and people say, man, pastor, you really changed my life with that message. Man, that's so great. Oh, thank you, God. I'm so glad that, that, that it, it, you know, I did a good job for you. And then he comes down, and then he hits this low and I, I feel like it's the enemy coming to say, worship me and I'll, I'll make you rulers of men. Just bow before me and I'll give you everything you want. It's the temptation. The temptation comes from these high times. But God knows, send the angels to minister to him. Send the angels to tell him, you're doing a good job. Don't quit. Send the angels to tell them, I appreciate what you're doing, man. Don't ever stop. Send the angels to tell them, man, you've changed my family's life. And that's what this text message did for him. Because people don't realize that pastors hit this low. Because when you're in the business of people, people are all up and down. They're all over the place. And when you're in the business of people, sometimes you get... You're a, a sub, you're a project, a product of that up, down, all over the place. And it's hard sometimes. But because of honor, God makes sure that everybody gets what they need, that everybody's sufficient, that no one lacks honor and turns around to say, you know what? Maybe I'm not called. Maybe I'm not powerful. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe I am supposed to quit. Maybe I am a dirtbag. But no, honor keeps us where we're supposed to be. It keeps us doing what we're supposed to do. And I want to thank you, Josh, for sending him that text message. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> Hebrews 13, verse 17 says, Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. It's not about the person being honored. It's all about the person giving the honor. So the next time we feel ourselves saying, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if I ever see them again. I don't care. Ask ourselves, why am I shutting the door? Find that key called honor. Unlock it and keep it open. Because it's not just about being, I mean, it's not just about getting to where you're supposed to get. It's about being who you're supposed to be when you get there. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.